1: Free from debt, first-time investing, retirement planning, and so much more. We are the Biz 1440 KYCR Golden Valley. With SRA News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. Former President Trump is facing 37 felony charges related to the mishandling of classified documents. Here's White House correspondent, Greg Cluckston.
0: Special counsel Jack Smith delivered a short public statement after the Justice Department unsealed 37 criminal charges against Trump.
2: We have one set of laws in this country and they apply to everyone.
0: Smith said his office would seek a speedy trial and encourage the public to read the 49-page indictment in full to understand the scope and gravity of the charges.
1: That's Greg Clarkson reporting. Senator Tim Scott says if he's elected, he'll make sure the U.S. is in a position to help Taiwan stave off a Chinese invasion.
3: First, we need to continue to provide the resources to the Taiwanese military. Second, we need to make sure that we can produce the resources that we commit to. And today, we are struggling with that.
1: Senator Tim Scott was interviewed this week by the Salem Radio Network, and this is SRN News.
3: Do
4: you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call. That's right, call. Because the best prices are not online. They're with SmartFares. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at crazy low prices. They have access to great prices and discounts at over 500 different airlines, plus 300,000 hotels and rental car companies. Their prices are too low to publish online. With the extra money you'll save, you can book an Another trip or treat yourself to dinner or shopping. So stop searching all of those travel sites to find the lowest price on your next flight. Let one of our Smart expert travel agents find the best price for you. Call Smart Fares today and get ready to see the world with a fat wallet. 800
1: 989 0841. 800 989 0841. 800 989 0841. That's 800 989 0841.
4: We noticed we had a leak in our roof. Hey, I'm Brenda from Stillwater, Minnesota. We noticed some water staining in our ceiling by our chimney. This is our first time working with JTR Roofing. A close friend had recommended them and had a great experience. They ended up replacing our roof and performed the work on our chimney. I would recommend JTR Roofing because they were reliable, friendly. There were no hidden costs in their quotes and the craftsmanship was outstanding. Not only did they do an outstanding job on our home, but also they support the community. They've had a good reputation in the 30 years that they've been in business, and just overall, it was just a wonderful experience working with the company. I was absolutely satisfied with the work. Absolutely. We're thinking about having our windows replaced, and we will be calling JTR.
5: Go to JTRRoofingInc.com. That's JTRRoofingInc.com.
0: Portions of this program may have been pre-recorded.
2: The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management.
5: Turn all the lights on and kill the noise. The Biz 1440 presents the best two hours of economic news and commentary.
0: Let's just say, I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy.
5: It's the King Banyan Show, your source for penetrating economic insight, razor-sharp analysis, and unflinching universal thought. The
0: process of getting inflation back down to 2% has a long way to go and is likely to be bumpy.
5: Everything you need to maintain clarity and stay ahead of the economic curve.
6: If you're going to fix complicated problems, you have to learn how to fix things simple problems
5: first. Now, here's Professor King Banyan.
7: Hey, good morning and welcome, King Banyan Show. The Biz 1440, another beautiful uh, weekend here uh, in uh, June in Minnesota. This We're getting paid back for what felt like a pretty long winter. Uh, if they, they just, I think they just feel longer every year and it's more it's more about me than about the winter. the number to call with questions and comments 651-289-4477 wanted to want to first say if you came here to look for economic news of the week um, you're not going to hear much why? two reasons one, this was sort of a dead week for data, the only piece of information that that came out that would have been uh, that would have been uh, um, would have been pretty uh, uh important was the factory orders report manufactured goods up four tenths of percent in April, which uh which uh was lower than the expectation of a six six tenths percent rise and it was largely caused by the by the uh in a big increase in uh, in purchases or orders for transportation equipment cars are still doing well airplanes are still doing well if you're not in that area um, not in that area uh, you probably had a bad had bad numbers in April although capital goods um, actually were up we're in the middle right now of writing up our new quarterly business report here in the St. Cloud area we will have a uh, we'll have a review of it uh presented here in town uh sometime at the end of the month i'm just nailing down the exact day and 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 i think i know where it's happening but i don't think i've got the date on my calendar yet uh for this and i'm going to give you a little bit of a hint up front it, when you're in a world where your wages are rising dramatically and you're having trouble hiring workers what are the things you can do to beat that and be able to continue increase your productivity get your f- product to market earn those high wage earn those high uh, revenues is to invest in capital and non-defense capital goods excluding aircraft was up was was up 1.3 percent in April now there was an um, was up 1.3% in April. There was an advance report on this that had it at 1.4%, but where's the investment happening? It's in computers and machinery. We're not seeing it in real in commercial real estate. You're not seeing seeing anything there, and you're actually not seeing too much in in intellectual property, but you're seeing you're seeing basically the kinds of things you need to build stuff. That capital is the one place where you are seeing an increase and every place else not so much and that's it that's all the that's all the big news of the uh in terms of economic news of the week that was out there was um what was that uh uh ism services came in came in at a fairly low uh (coughs) 50.3 um which is which means it's up in 35 of the last 36 months but if I go ahead and look at the look at the data for April it was at 51.9 and it's so it's growing services sector employment and and output activity is growing but slower and employer and interestingly in that report the employing the employment sub-index in the services PMI dropped below 50. Uh, So it went from, and it's the first month it's done that, inventories are beginning to grow in that service sector area and, and so forth. So we're seeing slow growth in this area, consistent with, I think, a GDP forecast that would have GDP growing at 1%, 1 1.5%, something like that. Slower than average growth. At the same time where we're still seeing 200,000, 300,000 workers added each month. Put those together and you get two things. One, lower productivity. If you're hiring a lot more workers but you're not making a lot more stuff, that means your productivity is going down. And then along with that, when your productivity is going down, that also means that your ability to pay additional wages is going down too. So I put those pieces of data together and I have a recipe for an economy that grows slow but has very stubborn high prices. I will say this feel this is the, the only thing that keeps me from calling this stagflation is this low unemployment rate and You know, in the process of writing this, my my co-author and I are shooting emails and and texting links to each other to try to say, how are we going to explain this? How do you explain an economy that looks in many ways like it's slowing down? I have not given up on, on the idea that a recession is coming and is near us now, and nearer, obviously, than it was in December when we first said it was coming. How can I explain that when at the same time I've got employment growth of 300, 330,000 jobs in, in May? It's just it's just impossible, right? And I I'm telling you, it's it's a hard conundrum to work through. I, I, I don't have a I don't have a great story to explain why that that's happening. But that's it. In terms of the data I got no data this week that really helps me explain what's going on. What's coming, though, next week are two huge pieces of information. First piece of information comes Tuesday, which is when we get the Consumer Price Index. Currently expected uh, uh, to go up one-tenth percent for May. The median forecast on the street for core CPI Month over month, four percent year over year, five point three percent on core, four percent even on four percent even on the headline CPI number. Also on Tuesday, it's the first day of the Federal Open Market Committee meeting. Meaning that on Wednesday there will be a rate decision at one o'clock central time. And then 30 minutes later, uh, uh, Jerome Powell will go out and give a press conference. Now, I've said on the show before, and I'll say it again, I'm not sure there's any good reason for them to continue to give press conferences after every meeting when, in fact, they are kind of trying to tell you, including Powell himself, We may not know a whole lot more about what's going on in the economy than you do. And our whole purpose of giving you a press conference was giving you our view of where the economy is right now. We have increased uncertainty, is what I hear them saying. And because I, if you don't believe me, go back and listen to the show last week, particularly the second hour of last week's show. Right? And if you listen to that show, you would end up having to believe, if you listen to it, one of the arguments I make is forward guidance only makes sense when you have something to guide with. When you don't have something to guide with, it makes more sense for you to simply stand back. Don't don't um get in front of don't don't get in front of the market. Don't get in front of the financial press and tell people, Well, I'm not really sure what's going on right now because that doesn't help anybody. It makes you look it makes you look weak. It makes you look conf- it makes you confusing to the people around you. But I don't think and, and this was the the conference in which you had I think it was at Brookings, must be at Brookings because you had both Jay Powell and Ben Bernanke on the same stage. Ben Bernanke is the father of forward guidance. He's the guy that decided to start doing the press conferences. Okay? I mean, let's be clear. Could you even imagine Alan Greenspan doing one of those press conferences? No. Ben Bernanke developed it. And Powell, with Bernanke on his side, whose comments after Powell said it were not really sort of like, yeah, I agree with that. But it was also not with a whole lot of pushback. Okay? And I can understand why he wouldn't agree fully because he's a he he created the policy. He's not gonna get up there and say, Yeah, it was right for the time but it's wrong now and you should give up the policy that I gave you. He's not going to do that. But the Powell press conference is this Wednesday at one thirty, and I don't know about you. In fact I'm gonna I'm going to my calendar right now, making sure I've got it on there so that I can make sure I do not have anything else getting in the way oh yes i well i do but maybe i think i can get that i think i can get that pushed out uh a day or two um so so i can get that uh, so that i i want to sit and listen to this one because i it's either going to be momentous in the and and what would be momentous is if they bring a rate increase forward at this time I, they have said so much about skip not pause Right. Skip not pause. Right. Because pause usually means I've hit the peak and I'm going to my next move is down. Skip is saying I'm not going to increase this time, but I'm more likely than not to increase next time. So that's why they're saying skip not pause. Okay, They'll do that. They'll they'll do this. They'll 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 come out. But I want to hear how he explains skip not pause. And what might cause them to skip this meeting and skip the next meeting? And to that, we don't really know yet. So what I want to do during the show today is to talk about how people have, about two things. One, the fact that we keep predicting a recession that doesn't seem to ever come. Um, I actually think the data last week is consistent with slow growth and maybe a recession, but not enough to sort of say, ah, see, that's it. That's the sign. The recession's here. We don't know that yet. And then the other part is, has the Fed walked itself through the skip-not-pause language into a trap of its own making if the Tuesday report turns out badly for their inflation target? If inflation stays stubbornly high... What will the Fed do? Will it stay with what it said and skip, or would it shock the market by saying, mm, you know, we said we were going to skip, but that number, uh, I, you know, and that growth rate and employment, uh, I think I'm going to have. I think we decided not to skip. I still think they could do that. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to the King Banging Show on the Biz 1440.
1: From Elk River to the Congo River and Cannon Falls to Niagara Falls, we're where you are. We are Twin Cities Business Radio. Stream the Biz 1440 at
8: odyssey.com. Or with the free Odyssey app. C.S. Lewis once said, Education without values seems to make man a more clever devil. A Christian education is the solution to this problem and can be yours for half price for your child's first year. TwinCitiesTuitions.com and area schools are working together to make this a reality for families just like yours. Now you can equip your child with the knowledge and moral foundation needed for them to make an impact in today's world. To see the full list of participating half-off tuition institutions, go to TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com.
2: Over 50,000 police officers are assaulted on the job each year, leading to injuries and death. This is the reality they deal with when making contact with the public. Another reality is that if someone doesn't comply with a lawful order or uses force against them, police may have to use sufficient force in response to obtain compliance. Use of force is always ugly. Nobody likes it, especially police. And nobody knows how it will turn out. Spread the word. For de-escalation to work, both parties must de-escalate. And de-escalation isn't necessary if there is no escalation. Help police by not escalating. Don't attack or try to disarm an officer, whether it's getting asked a question, getting a citation, or getting arrested. Don't argue. Don't resist. Don't flee. After the encounter has been resolved is the time to address any complaints. Comply now. Complain later. Keep everybody safe. This message brought to you by the National Police Association. To learn more about how to help law enforcement accomplish its goals, visit nationalpolice.org.
5: Jim and I knew of Robbinsdale Women's Center, but didn't really know them until we toured. We were astonished by the amazing facilities and the genuine love and care the staff showed each woman that walked through the doors.
2: That tour began our partnership with Robbinsdale Women's Center. Cindy and I have witnessed RWC's fiscal stewardship of our financial gifts. Being on the board has allowed me to see the careful discernment and prayerful thought that goes into every decision at Robbinsdale Women's Center.
5: RWC receives no government funding and is debt free. RWC owns all their assets and is 100% donor supported. We're amazed at the number of abortion minded women they serve, weekly five women, initially at risk of aborting their pregnancies, instead choose life.
2: Join Cindy and I in supporting Robbinsdale Women's Center. Your gift will bring hope and life.
5: Go to rwcinfo.org and help more mothers choose life.
2: Let's make a difference, rwcinfo.org.
1: Isn't it time you trade your old salt hog for a new wet technology water softener from Commerce? Commerce will give you $400 for your old softener and haul it away too. Save salt, save water, and you're back. Go to Commerce.com. Commerce Water. That's Commerce.com. <laughs>
7: Welcome back, King Banging Show, The Biz 1440. Good to be with you today on a, on a beautiful, what looks like a beautiful Saturday. Um, mostly sunny, uh, says my computer screen, although I get these slight warnings from time to time that there might just be a little sprinkle in the afternoon, but a sprinkle... I'll tell you what, I don't know about your lawn. My lawn could use a sprinkle. I can't imagine having done No Mo May... Right. Don't mow your yard in May. Let's because that's better for the environment. Uh, and and then and then on top of that, you now have a whole lot of very burnt grass. I don't know. Um, not the way I would want to do it. Anyway, six five one two eight nine four four seven seven. Number to call questions comments six five one two eight nine four four seven seven. Looking at the uh, at at the. Uh, Chicago Mercantile Exchange's uh, Fedwatch page for uh, implying uh, the rate probabilities for the meeting on Wednesday currently 70% probability that they won't raise rates, 30% probability that they will, which is which is good. I mean, there's there's more two-way action on that I think than I than I had than I had expected. Um remember a month ago they were at they were at 100% chance of no change a week ago they were at 75 and now they're down to 70 so think are sitting to make a bet well gosh what happens if that inflation rate turns out not to be good right now on the other side if you look at their look at the planned rates for the meeting after this one which is at the end of July 53% probability that the rate will go up 25 basis points and a 17% probability that the rate would go up that would go up to five and a half. Okay, a 50 basis point increase. Only a 30% probability that that they will be they will be held constant for two consecutive meetings. Now, I think the Fed has to like that because that means that the skip not pause conversation has filtered through into the prices uh, being reflected in financial markets um, again a month ago that that staying at the 500 was staying at staying at five to five and a quarter was only priced at at 58 percent and the 42 percent was not on a rate increase but in fact a rate cut in July that seems to be in the rearview mirror Everyone in the last two weeks has figured out. Nope, Fed's not cutting rates anytime soon. They've been very clear about that. We should probably listen to them, right? So try, 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 uh, and eventually, I think they've they've broken through in that area. But if I still, if I go out to look at the December numbers, there's still a fair num. You know, even if they were to increase in July, chances are the rate by December is going to be lower. It's going to be at the current rate or lower than, than um, at then higher than five to five and a quarter, right? So there's a 24 percent probability on five and a quarter, five percent probability on five and a half, um, but a 26 percent probability on it going down from here a quarter a quarter point, and a seven percent probability that it goes down two cuts. Uh, or 50 basis points. I take you through all those numbers in the in the CME because what I want to play for you is um, this conversation that's happening in Wall Street about, about, well, how does this square with the view of whether or not there's a recession coming? And how does this square with the view of what we think is happening with inflation? There was no... Better moment for that than Friday. Uh, this past Friday, when Mohamed El Arian, um, who um, who uh, works for Allianz, uh, is the president of Queen's College in London, uh, uh, at Kings College, excuse me, in London. Um, former uh, co-director of, of bond bond training at PIMCO, considered one of the bright lights in in. in, in by the way, I love listening to him. I like finding him in long form where someone's talking to him for 45 to 60 minutes because Bloomberg never gives him more than like a five minute sit. And because time's valuable, but uh, in long form he's even better to listen to. So I encourage you to find, find a couple pieces with him. Indeed the uh, uh, call me back podcast that Dan senior senior does. If you can f- find Dan senior's podcast with Muhammad El Aryan there's like 3 or 4 of them they're all 45 minute long you know <clears throat> which for which for Muhammad is a is a long form they're fabulous to listen to except when they talk about the New York Jets that's terrible anyway <clears throat> i wanted to play this so Jonathan Farrow, who you hear on Bloomberg here many mornings on the biz 1440 Jonathan Farrow has Mohammed El Aryan on and and i rarely play the question that somebody asked, but I thought he framed this really well, and I want to play this. Cut number one.
9: I was looking at some labor market expectations and forecasts from Ellen Zetner of Morgan Stanley. Mohammed. her and the team are looking for 4% unemployment, 4Q23. They're looking for 4.4 in 4Q24 their expectation for unemployment is 12 months further out than where the Federal Reserve is at year-end. Year-end, the Federal Reserve's at 4.5. Morgan Stanley and Anna Zetner get close to 4.5 12 months later. Mohamed, it's not just the decision that we're teeing up for next week, it's the projections as well. What do you think those projections are going to look like over at the Fed?
7: So this is a really solid point that Farrow is making. Market forecasters... Have been pushing out the recession um, further and further out. Now, there are some people who don't believe that. Indeed, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch to another one before I go back to Muhammad. I want to do a contrast between that point. Now, let me and I'll talk about his motivation being a forecast that I read from Ellen Zentner and from uh, uh, from uh, uh, Morgan Stanley. Um, I want to compare that to <coughs> to uh, Jeremy Siegel, who's a professor at Wharton, um, a finance professor, long time. I mean, J- Jeremy Siegel was teaching when I was in college, um, and um, I actually heard him when I was a grad student. He came out to he came out to Claremont because he was friends with one of our one of our professors, um, and this was him on CNBC also on Friday. Let's play cut six. I
2: believe, you know, going in, we're going into political season. Um, they've got to be sensitive to what's going on in employment. If we begin to see any faltering on that labor market, uh, they are going to give up uh, their uh, their their rate hikes. I don't know. Right?
7: She says, "I don't know," and and they argue back and forth on this. But but think about think about this. Let me go. I need to I need to get pull up. Uh, there we go. Here it is right here. Sorry. Needed to pull the pull the clip up here. Um, according to Ellen Zentner, chief U.S. economist uh, from Morgan Stanley, the target range to reach the, the target range of the uh, Federal Reserve reaches its peak at 4.5 to 4.75, which we indicated you can now invest in that, that's, in that future, it has a seven percent chance of being true. Meaning, if you make the investment, you have a chance to make a bunch of money. Right? It's saying to you, you can bet on this what thirteen percent, twelve percent long, uh, twelve to one. You can get twelve dollars back on a one dollar investment if you bet on it coming down to four and a half to four point seven five by the December meeting or the the January meeting. Um that right, they're expecting that number to come down quite a quite a bit. But that's because they think the the unemployment rate's going up to four and a half percent by year end. Now, what Faro is talking about is the fact that one of the things we'll get on Wednesday along with the press conference is the statement of economic projections. The Fed is going to publish basically a survey of all of the participants at the FOMC meeting of what they think the inflation rate is going to be at the year end of 23, year end 24, year end 25, and longer in view. Along with their guesses on unemployment, GDP, where they think the Fed funds rate is going to land, and et cetera. The dot plot, is a new dot plot gets created for us to look at on Wednesday. And what Farrow is articulating is, if I read Morgan Stanley, they're, they're tying the fact that they think rates are coming down to the fact that they think there's going to be a recession that jumps the unemployment rate by one full percent. And Siegel saying, if that happens, given you're going into an election year, it is highly unlikely that the Fed can raise rates, and it's much more likely to cut rates. True, but. Well, that's my setup. The but is going back to Muhammad El-Aryan. But first, these messages, you're listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz, 1440. America, the Welcome back, King Daniel's show, The Biz 1440. Is that not one of the best guitar lines ever? That just, I mean, we should ask Mitch Berg if he can play that line for us on, on the air sometime. Uh, Mitch, of course, uh, his show, uh, from the Northern, Northern Alliance Radio Network, uh, this afternoon, one to three on our sister station, AM 1280, The Patriot, Brad Carlson, The Closer, on Sundays, same time, um, always part of the Northern Alliance Radio Network, uh, Gosh, I'm trying to think of how long we've been doing this. It's coming up on, I think, the 20-year... I believe we're coming up on the 20-year anniversary in 2024. Um, That would be a blast to do. Um, So, uh, yep, next year. That's right. And so the fact that you knew that, Spencer, means there's already been discussion of what the 20-year plan is. Uh, (laughs) I wish they would tell me. But, of course, I live... I, I, of course, I live up here in St. Cloud, and um, I could count on one hand the number of times I, I've been down to the station recently. Although, although Spencer, I might be talking to you about perhaps uh, doing the show from the mothership um, in the neck I don't. I think it's actually next week that I need to be there because uh, I have I have appointments down in the uh, in in uh, St. Paul in the afternoon, and it might be uh, advantageous for me to just preposition myself. Uh, by making a stop at uh, at uh, the at the uh, Salem Twin Cities mothership uh, with you. Been, like I said, it's been a long time. It's also a chance to you know, I don't think, I'm pretty sure Spencer and I haven't met in person yet. Uh, so we can fix that. Um, 651-289-4477 the number to call with questions and comments uh, today on the King Banyan Show. 651- 289-4477 So I gave you a setup and teased you about what the answer might be, right? So the setup is you have economists out there who believe that the unemployment rate is going to go up to four and a half percent, not until 2024. If then, with a slow build back of additional workers into the labor force, a slow growth economy, I mentioned during, during the first, uh, segment of today's show declining productivity which is almost always a death sentence a death sentence for um, for strong hiring going forward yet businesses are still adding workers adding workers perhaps because they, they are you know anytime they can find someone that's skilled they bring them in and they hang on to them even if they don't quite have enough work for them because they're worried they won't be able to find the labor they need when they get a burst of a burst of demand for their product Um, for whatever reason some people believe the unemployment rate is going to go up fast and some of the people that believe that was the Federal Reserve itself in its dot plot back in back in uh, um, back in uh, uh, March when it last had a meeting in which it gave it gave its its statement of economic projections. I'm going to go dig out that um, I'm going to go dig out the uh, the calendar and, and find you that that particular uh, piece, of the projection materials. Here you go. Um, so in um, I'm just going to read this off the page, right? The unemployment rate expected in March by the Fed was 4.5% by the and that's the median forecast for the end of the end of 2023. We are now at a, a 3.7%, right? After the main number came out, do we believe we're okay? Which I argue again, some of that might be a little bit of noise, but I also think there was noise in the 3.4 number we got in April. So let's say it's three and a half to three and a quarter. Do we think there's going to be in the next seven months a uh, seven tenths of an in percent increase? Will an additional million workers be out of work and looking for work in the next seven months? It'll be interesting to see what they think is going to happen with that. Right. The range the range of views at that meeting were between four oh in some cases. In four seven, in other cases, which is a wide range, right? In December, they were at between four four and four seven, and what happened was, the range extended to the bottom, down from four four to four zero. To look at that, what they call the central tendency, it basically takes of the, of the uh, nineteen people of, who are doing the projection. Um, the, Doing the projection, it throws out the three highest and the three lowest, and then takes the range of what else is left in there, right? So you get a median projection. You get the central tendency, which is basically we trim off the 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 outliers at three and the, the outliers, the bottom three, the top three on each of these, and give you the remainder. The Fed in the Fed in March. This is dated March 22. The central tendency, that range within the Fed for what they think the change in real GDP would be for the year, fourth quarter to fourth quarter, was between a zero and 0.8. We've already had, and they they did not know it at the time, but we've already had a number that's around 1.5 and and the expectation is the second number is going to be around 1.5. Point being... Then that compared to what the Fed gave us in March, and this is the point that Pharaoh's question had said, we actually have we actually have an economy that looks better, almost stubbornly so, looks better than what the Fed expected, not even not even uh, three months ago. So I'm gonna play I wanna play Farrow's setup again so that I can put it with Mohamed El answer. So this was on Bloomberg Friday morning. Let me play again the question that, that Mohammed El got from Jonathan Farrow. Here's the question. Cut one.
9: I was looking at some labor market expectations and forecasts from Ellen Zetner of Morgan Stanley. Mohammed, her and the team are looking for four percent unemployment, four Q twenty-three. They're looking for four point four in four Q twenty-four. Their expectation for unemployment is 12 months further out than where the Federal Reserve is at year end. Year end, the Federal Reserve's at four and a half. Morgan Stanley and Anna Zetna get close to four and a half 12 months later. Mohamed, it's not just the decision that we're teeing up for next week. It's the projections as well. What do you think those projections are going to look like over at the Fed?
7: Now, the Fed had said in March that their expectation for N24 for the unemployment rate, for the unemployment rate was you know that central tendency that range of the middle 12 or 13 members of the committee was between 4.3 and 4.9 so Morgan Stanley saying 4.4 is right there it's that near-term projection that is the issue so let's play let's play Arian's answer uh let's play cut two
6: So I think they're going to correct yet again. Um, You know, they've they've been too pessimistic on the unemployment rate, and I think that they're going to correct that because I don't see us getting to where they think we're going to get by the end of the year. I think the unemployment rate will be lower.
7: So there's the first part, right? Um, The Fed's statement of economic projections in March overestimated the likelihood of an unemployment of a recession at least in terms of where they are right now so he expects the dot plot to change because the fed is being disappoints the wrong word the fed is being surprised by how strong employment is this at mid-year at this particular moment let's play more cut three
6: I think they're gonna correct their inflation forecasts and they're gonna take them up yet again.
7: So what was their inflation forecast? The inflation forecast, hang on, I've got to get that get that screen. The inflation forecast for core PCE was between was at three point six by year end and and with a range with a range in that group between three point five and three point nine. Core CPE Core CPI, this is not PCE, so this is CPI, but core CPI year over year for, you know, for for May, the forecast right now is for 5.3. Now, PCE is lower than that, but can it get to the threes? Remember, the Fed said it would get into, wrong sheet, the Fed said it would get into the mid to high threes by the end of the year will they now take that up back over 4% and what will that mean for what the Fed says on Wednesday that's a significant piece of the puzzle you know what I'm going to save the, the rest of Ellarian's uh, comments until after these messages you are listening to the King Banyan show on the biz 1440 <laughs>
1: The Biz 1440, KYCR Golden Valley.
5: You and your business are online today more than ever. Most people are working from home and meeting via internet, and that means IT structures are overtaxed, and Wi-Fi is humming. An outage in one of your critical systems now could be a fatal blow to your operation. Arby's Computer Service is ready and able to help. Their staff is standing by and prepared to offer assistance. If your business IT system experiences a failure, give Arby's a call. Their professional team of certified computer and networking specialists is experienced in diagnosing and solving a wide range of issues. With Arby's Looking for a new way to give back to your community, learn new skills, and make a real difference? Consider volunteering with your local fire department. The majority of U.S. firefighters and emergency responders are volunteers, answering the call when their community needs them. Be part of a dedicated team of volunteers who step up and protect their community from all types of hazards. You can be the difference. There's no typical firefighter. Anyone can volunteer to serve their community. Volunteering as a first responder is really about having the heart and drive to make a difference where it's needed most. Aside from helping your community and being there for those in need, being a member of the Volunteer Fire Service provides many benefits, including an opportunity to learn new skills and join a family that will serve with you, always have your back, and train you to be the best version of yourself. Your community needs you. Will you answer the call? Learn more and find a local volunteer opportunity at makemeafirefighter.org. That's makemeafirefighter.org.
1: The Ramsey Show. Never use a life insurance policy as an investment vehicle. 100% of those suck mathematically. There is never a case where leasing a car makes sense. Never do payday lending. There is never a case where going into debt at 18% interest on a credit card makes sense. These are all stupid things. They go in one bucket, the stupid bucket. No-nonsense financial talk. Weekday afternoons from 1 to 4. Here on The Biz 1440. There's a ton to explore at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com, like the biggest savings around at our Half Off Deals tab. Click on Programs to see our daily lineup, win prizes at the VIP Fan Club, catch up on your favorite podcasts, and more. From Lakeville to Lake Superior and Champlin to Chile, we're where you are. The Biz 1440, Twin Cities Business Radio. Listen in anytime, anywhere at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app.
7: Welcome back. To the King Daniel Show, the Biz Fourteen Forty. The So the Fed has a meeting on Wednesday. We're gonna we're gonna get we're gonna get not just a statement about whether they're gonna skip or pause or raise, but we're also gonna get projections. And the projections may tell us more than anything else we're gonna hear in the press conference or in the statement. Because it will tell us whether or not the Fed is moving toward thinking the recession's coming later or given up on there being a recession at all and what and and give us some indication of what they think the path of future interest rates is going to be. And the the press, the hard press to get financial markets to stop projecting, an almost immediate reversal in rates by July or September has put the Fed in a bit of a box, because it says it's going to skip this meeting, and has got has got the probability of skipping in the financial futures markets at about 70 percent. Okay, Muhammad Al-Arian yesterday on on uh, surveillance with Jonathan Farrow uh, was commenting on that. We played a couple of clips before the break. Let me continue with, with, his, with his information here. Let's play cut four.
6: Fed official, A top Fed official guided us to expect a skip. And that will make sense if Tuesday's inflation data comes in well below forecasts. Why? Because this is a highly data dependent Fed.
7: The Fed has come and Powell himself says, We are data dependent in the statement. We are data dependent. We are, we, are, we are deciding things meeting by meeting. So the last bit of data they're going to get is CPI. Even though they will say, well, PCE is our preferred measure of inflation, they will not be able to avoid the fact that the CPI number will be published just at the moment they're going into the, to the FOMC meeting Tuesday morning. Uh, 7.30 uh, Central Time is the is the time at which it'll be published yes you bet your bottom dollar i will be i will be glued uh, i'll be glued to my screen at that particular moment to get the number process it and if you follow us on using the hashtag pound kbrs we'll do this but here's the problem that Elarian points out what happens if they're wrong cut five
6: How they describe that the skip, which the market expects, is going to be critical. Now, if they don't get favorable inflation uh, numbers, they're in a really hard situation because they will have to surprise the market.
7: Surprise the market in this case means that they would raise at this meeting. Again, 30% probability in the Fed funds. That's not nothing, right? You're basically saying, you know, there's a there's a 3 in 10 chance that they're going to raise at this meeting. 3 in 10? You know, it's about the probability that the Oakland Athletics win a baseball game. They're not very good, but they're in the middle of a three-game winning streak. Why do I know this? Because I love baseball. That's why I know. But I I'm just saying to you that in fact there's a significant chance out there and they have in fact painted themselves into a corner in this regard that if they were to right so again let me let me go back and read that expectation for you because it's important core cpi the median forecast is at 5.3 if the core cpi that's the year over year number if that core cpi number Comes in closer to 5.0, oh, or it would be a real surprise if it ends up showing up at 4.9. Because to do that, that would mean consumer prices went down in May itself. Of course, CPI was about a zero in May. I don't see that really happening. I don't think that's likely. But if it goes, you know. They're going to have that number, and if it does come in at, uh, let's say it's an up surprise. Let's say, could you know, at 730, your favorite business station, should be the Biz1440, you know comes on, you're listening to Bloomberg, Bloomberg comes on and says, hey, CPI just came in at, at three-tenths of one percent. Core CPI year-over-year year is at 5.4 or 5.5. Now all bets are off on what happens with the Fed. The market is, you know, so the Fed says they're data dependent. The market is Fed dependent. They're going to have to decide how the Fed processes that CPI information. Because if they think that that CPI information will cause a few more people in the FOMC to say, maybe we shouldn't skip. And maybe even get one or two of the, of the members to say, I will dissent from a skip. If you decide to skip, I'm going to vote no. And I'm going to want to register my dissent from that. That that, makes, that will have as, almost the same effect as if they raise rates right now. Because that means the probability of a raise in the next meeting has just jumped up. Because they've said skip, dot pause, you can't then get a negative surprise, a higher in, in, than expected inflation number on Tuesday, and then come in and say, well, we're still going meeting by meeting, we're going to skip here, we're, we've skipped here, we could skip at the next meeting. Powell will not be able to say that. Powell will then be forced to come into the meeting and say, "Nope. in fact, makes it very likely we're gonna to have to raise at the next meeting. If you think you're gonna raise it the next meeting, why would you wait? Why wouldn't you just do it now? I do think this the skip language has put them in real peril. In real peril of losing the thread yet again, just as they did back in in uh twenty twenty two when they held on for too long to the zero bound, to the zero interest rate, they held on, I would argue, about four months too long, three meetings too long. And some are going to say, on the other hand, well, if you raise rates here, you're just really killing the markets. It's like, nope, the Fed has been very clear. We are committed to returning inflation to our 2% target. That's a direct quote, not just Jay Powell, but pretty much every Fed official that has spoken in 2023. We are committed to returning inflation to our 2% target. It's a mantra in the Fed. If the rate comes in higher than 2 tenths, core comes in higher than, for the month, comes in higher than 4 tenths of a percent, they cannot, in my mind, I don't think they can... I don't think they can skip. And so here's the bold prediction in the last 30 seconds of the hour. I'm saying it is going to come in higher, and I'm saying they're not skipping. Okay, that's my call, and we'll see We'll see what happens. I get to be right or wrong on Wednesday, um, by Wednesday. Uh, stay tuned. We got another hour of the King Banging Show coming up right here on The Biz, 1440.
1: Have you filed for disability benefits but were denied by the Social Security Administration? Or do you need to apply and are overwhelmed with paperwork? Are you between the ages of 50 and 63 and can no longer work because of an illness or injury? Thousands of hardworking Americans are in your situation. They file for disability benefits and are unnecessarily denied their much-needed benefit check. Call now for a no-obligation, free evaluation. We can help you nearly double your chances of approval and get your benefit checks faster. We understand the physical, emotional, and financial impact. We'll share our insider expertise and help you get your disability claim filed and paid immediately. There is a time limit to apply, so call right now. Operators are standing by to help you. 800-296-1553. 800-296-1553. 800-296-1553. That's 800-296-1553.
8: C.S. Lewis once said, Education without values seems to make man a more clever devil. A Christian education is the solution to this problem and can be yours for half price for your child's first year. TwinCitiesTuitions.com and area schools are working together to make this a reality for families just like yours. Now you can equip your child with the knowledge and moral foundation needed for them to make an impact in today's world. To see the full list of participating half-off tuition institutions, go to TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com.
0: The basics about financial literacy provides confidence in your investing decisions. Knowledge to make better decisions with or without an advisor empowers you to take control of your financial future. With the right skills, you are the best steward of your own money. Learn more today at a free in-center or virtual investing class at Online Trading Academy, 952-814-4410. Again, 952-814-4410, or go to learnwithota.com. What's your favorite high school sports memory? A late-inning rally? A game-winning shot? A photo finish? Maybe it's a pep rally or a pregame ritual. Maybe it's the euphoria of a late-night bus ride home after a hard-fought win. Maybe it's having pizza with teammates after the game. Now, imagine if it never happened at all. School sports need your help. With budgets getting tighter, it's more than the games that are on the line. It's all the traditions, the community pride, the culture of your hometown high school. Plus, all those memories that are on the line, too. What can you do? It's simple. Buy a ticket when you can. Go to a game. Take the whole family. Let's do everything we can to keep those cherished school sports memories alive.
7: This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association.